1: to the Brandon Peters show and welcome to the first of a series we are calling products of the panic today featuring a discussion of the 1989 documentary uh, hell's bells the dangers of rock and roll and joining me today from the Saturday evening Post graphic policy and creative spark shooter my brother in Baphomet, Troy brownfield
2: thank you for having me brother Brandon
1: thank you uh, Good to be when, back. yes. Uh, when it comes to uh, these things, uh, satanic panic things, I'm utterly fascinated, but I consider you, Troy, to be like a historian when you have like historian under the thing. I would yeah. would consider you an expert. So there's no other person. I, I I pitched this series out to you with you in mind. Totally. I'm like, hey, you want to do satanic panic stuff? And it's become this. It kind of didn't, we kind of didn't have it, but then I'll, th- I'll talk later but like something happened i'm like this is what we'll do um yeah this is the first it, of our series
2: it, it's you know get me to talk about satanic panic stuff is kind of like the podcast equivalent of hey man you want to grab a beer yeah. um, so <laughs> but but yeah and uh actually i have to say um we're recording this in november but i did wear the jack lantern shirt because you and i also have a history of doing halloween episodes yes we do WNUF, Mr. Boogity, and so forth. And I'm like, okay, well, I didn't do an actual Halloween episode, but it's close enough. I'm going to, you know.
1: Close enough, yes.
2: Represent our, right our after. long-standing affiliation.
1: <laughs> there we go. Of course, of course. Um, the Satanic Panic is, you and I no strangers to talking about it. The uh, My previous program, called Cinema Cavalcade, had a couple episodes of that, including um, cool. something that would qualify in this category, the products of the Panic, uh Mazes and Monsters TV movie with Tom Hanks about the dangers of Dungeons and Dragons. And Troy goes over a lot about the background and the history, a short history of the Satanic Panic within that episode. But Troy, for those coming in who might not know what the Satanic Panic is, you want to give a brief rundown of this insanity?
2: I'll I'll try to do the uh, TV guide slash Twitter version of it. (laughs) (laughs) There, it remember it.
1: remember it like Michelle does.
2: Yeah. <laughs> For those that don't know, um, you know, the, the moral panic. Let me start there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there have been a lot of different moral panics throughout history, you know, going back centuries. And, you know, they had a Greek one about music centuries ago, which is actually referenced in this video we're going to talk about. They had. Um, you know, in the fifties, it was juvenile delinquencies and comic books and all these different things. And in the eighties, it was the satanic panic. And there are a lot of cultural forces that made this happen toward the late seventies, but there was a kind of a decade long freak out that all of these different things, be it horror movies or heavy metal or dungeons and dragons and different things were feeding this rise of Satanism. And there were some books that were associated with that, that made people think that the devil was under every bed and <laughs> all of these different things were, were happening. And it, and it was, it isolated, it would have been a thing and burned out, but throughout the course of the decade, they all got rolled together and some of these books and talk shows, and it really is concurrent with the rise of the sensationalistic talk show in the eighties that kind of fueled it. And so it ran, it had a pretty solid run from about 1979 to about 1990 or so and by then uh the culture found other things to be angry about <laughs> and, and uh they kind of you know moved on to you know hip hop and other things as far as what you know was terrifying the old white people but the the and you can joke about parts of it but the downside of the the satanic panic was that it was very hard on a lot of kids, particularly outsider kids, it was also, um, you know, very hard on certain companies and professions like a lot, some, you know, some of the guys that worked in, in gaming and stuff had a real hard time. And so there are a lot of negative effects. Um, but as far as that goes, you either talk to people who are of, you know, Gen X mainly, who remember it with great clarity, and then other people mm-hmm. who may be slightly younger whatnot, who have no idea that had ever happened. And I think that there's a concentration that if you're in the Midwest or the South and the West Coast, maybe not so much the Northeast as much, but definitely Midwest, South and West Coast, you experienced a lot of it and it went on for some time.
1: I think it in the Midwest probably had the biggest hangover of it too, as well, where it lasted far longer than it probably did on the coast. If it was there with, I mean, throughout the nineties, there was still...
2: Yeah, I think it's fair to say that the uh, the Robin Hood Hills murders, the West Memphis Three, was probably a really good example of the '90s hangover of Satanic Panic. Everything that happened <laughs> in that particular case. Um, if you're unfamiliar with that, there are three HBO documentaries that deal with everything that happened, and then the aftermath, and then you know what it actually took to get those guys out of prison. So.
1: So is there any correlation between the television series Dallas and the Satanic Panic? They ran about the same time.
2: <laughs> I would say <laughs> that, um, you know, Quincy and Chips had more to do with. <laughs> <laughs> Qu- Quincy and Chips very famously had the anti punk episodes mm. that were part of the uh, music freak out at the time. That gotcha. it was It was more that, like, punk causes violence, punk causes, you know, and so they're trying to figure out a thing to point. Figures at, and
1: you know that's funny. Um, so these there's the things that came out during the time of the Satanic Panic that were like, but for better, I mean propaganda. That's what I mean. what pretty much yeah. what they they wind up being, um, that this series um, is going to be consist of like these kind of uh, documentary, these a movies and such that were products of that time like something i would i would consider something what what would you say like the amityville horror would even be something you could flip into uh that time even though it's a little earlier but um it fits into some of the the popularity buying into all that
2: yeah i I think that you know you've got a what there was a 77 book the 79 Mm -hmm. film Mm -hmm. and you know that 79 slot it, it fits and, right. you know, even though the movie doesn't include, you know, Ed and Lorraine Warren by name, right. it does have a uh, Rod Steiger's priest character, you know, kind of like discovering evil really does exist. And <laughs> but, um, right. you know, th- there's a lot of things that people forget about, too, like the pervasive power of the uh, Inquirer in the 80s. They had regular articles on Ed and Lorraine Warren. Right. Stuff, and they ran excerpts from the books we were- the reference like Michelle remembers and whatnot, those, those magazines were being consumed by you know millions of people.
1: They're at the grocery store checkout lane, that's where yeah. people there's the, the choir. This was it, the star? Yeah, is that one of them? Yeah, yeah, and all sorts of like the Bat Boy thing comes from this shit. <laughs> like it's yeah, all sorts of stuff that you wouldn't believe people would believe, but I mean, looking. If you're questioning stuff about the satanic panic, the best comparison is QAnon right now. And you're yeah. like, oh, you would not know believe? Oh, like, my God, I can't believe people believe this. That was the QAnon of the 80s. Was-
2: yeah, the, the, the QAnon is the uh, 2020s reboot of the satanic panic. Because, and you know, without going too far afield, since so, so this is kind of the introductory episode, we can... Yeah. <laughs> but the similarities between... Um, the QAnon pedophile blood-drinking story thread and the things that happened were that were alleged but didn't happen in, say, the McMartin trial in the 80s are the same story. Um, they, are, they are very apocryphally the same story, and there have been a lot of articles in Slate and other publications that have tracked how elements of McMartin were lifted and installed into the QAnon conspiracy basements. Was, yeah. <laughs> basements when there's no basements. <laughs> yeah. You know, and That's happened twice. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, the, the PizzaGate thing and the McMartin thing were both, we're both alleged to have abuses going on in basements when buildings that had no basements, they're built on slabs. It was just literally not a basement. It wasn't like there was one hiding under the slab. It was ground. <laughs> right. It was, it, and, and the the similarities are, you know, just because you can't see it doesn't time. mean
1: it's not there, Troy. Yeah, right. Doesn't mean it's
2: the similarities are by design. It's a you know, it's a feature not a bug.
1: Mm-hmm. And so Yeah. People people crazy. Um so this this first piece we're going to be discussing is Hell's Bells The Dangers of Rock and Roll. Uh, it's directed by Eric Hollander and Eric Holmber- Holmberg who also hosts uh, Hells Bells explores and examines ideas of seeming Satanists and occultists looking for parallels within the world of secular rock music. It's a five-part, three-hour documentary. <laughs> yes, we watched the whole thing, both of
2: us. Uh, it, it reminds me of the Porky's line. I sat through every disgusting minute of this twice.
1: <laughs> twice. Twice. I want to first send a huge thank you to my uh, old space show co captain Jim Dietz, who Uh. sent this my way when I was telling him about uh, what Troy and I were going to be working on. He's like, Have you seen Hell's Bells? I'm like, like, ACD. He's like, No, 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 no. Hang on. He's like, I I caught it on Twitch one day. I was like, All right. And. Yeah, he sent it my way. It's on, uh, you can find this on YouTube to watch. It's on archive.org. So that's why I don't feel guilty telling you it's on YouTube for free to watch because it's on archive.org. Um, and you can listen to us talk about this and go, what the fuck? Or you can have the what the fuck look on your face and come back and hear us discuss it if you want to spend three hours yeah. diving into this whole thing. Uh, it's it's produced. Uh, uh by real to real ministries. Yeah. Real as in movie real to real as in actual life thing ministries. So uh whew. okay. Where to begin with this, Troy? It is overview. This let's let's yeah. this this is the perfect example to me, and because I watched it in a three hour succession, all five parts together. I don't know how it came. I don't know if it came as a five-hour thing when it came, or three-hour thing when it came out or if you got it in VHS installments. Anyway, this is a shining example of, if I keep talking and just pulling bullshit out there, you will believe it. Like, just, there's out-of-context quotes. There's, sure, it came from the Bible passages. What Bible? I I don't know. There's a lot of just I, I just keep talking, keep talking, keep talking, keep talking, keep talking. And while it's it says rock and roll, I think it just means pop music in general or whatever's popular. Cause yeah. they, they consider Madonna rock, like he- hard, heavy metal. Like,
2: yeah, okay. it, it, you know, it, the, the five parts they play as if they were timed out for, you know, um, youth group teen Sunday school that you would Mm. watch it in a series and, you know, discuss that's, that's the vibe I got. And um, once in my teens, I even saw similar videos, kind of hoping this would be it because I don't know, but they actually, that one included video with the very obscure punk band, uh, Warlock Pinchers. Mm. And the funny thing was at the time um, that tape was going around Um, like at least my group of friends and my friend, Terry actually wrote those guys and they wrote back and it was hilarious. They were, they were hilarious. And like, they sat down to do an interview with this thing just so they could be assholes. And (laughs) I I would like, uh, maybe I'll find that video as we're having this conversation, because it was very much in the vein of, of this, but, um, they, they had a song that, um, you know, had a cheer in it that was like S A T A N. Satan is our friend. Power people, dirty word. Satan, Satan, Satan. And like they were really like being, you know, they're screwing around. <laughs> but it was totally within the bandwidth of this. Yeah, and and it was pretty. I remember at the times like, have anybody ever heard of this? And I'm like, me, I've heard of it. How do you heard of? It? They write, my friend. <laughs> 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 but uh, but this this whole vibe. Um, that you know, it's a very every, every installment starts out with this kind of earnest presentation like, you know, we're very concerned for you. And then it goes from like maybe a place of hey, you know, when you're listening to a, a band like Venom and they're talking about like human sacrifice and so forth or, are you sure you're okay? And then it goes so far afield And everything—it's like. By the way, Madonna. (laughs) By the way, they spent a lot of time on Prince, and and when they brought they when they bring Whitney Houston into it, poor Whitney.
1: Oh God, there's okay. So there's the part with Whitney Houston, and they're like, she may be uh, whatever on the outside, but and then they look at these pictures. Music, they said. Look at these pictures, and it's one of her just like sitting there like this, and. It's just like that. Her shirt's up. Her T-shirt is up a little, and you can see her navel.
2: Yeah, it's the cover then, for Whitney. It's the cover for her yeah. second album. It,
1: <laughs> it's it's the most harmless picture you've ever seen. And like nuns don't dress as clothed as she is in this picture, and they're all like,
2: "What?" Yeah, yeah. It, it, it you know I, I mentioned this off uh, camera to Brandon, but one of the most distracting things of the whole bit is that this Eric Humberg dude um, sits at an angle the entire time. And it's to the point of distraction, you know, it's, it's like three. I was, I was starting to feel concerned, like, wow, am I I in my head? Am I making fun of this guy? And he's got like a bad neck or something. But at the very last scene, he finally sits, you know, looks straight at the camera, but you know, I don't understand that. Was he trying to seem kind of informal? Like, he's like, hit, like, like
1: hey, kids, like he'd pull the yeah. chair backwards and be like, hey. Um.
2: <laughs> so you listen to satanic music. Um, <laughs> it's,
1: yeah, it, it, it's
2: the whole presentation is very weird. The other, another thing that bothers me in a 2020s context is the music clearances on that. You know, they didn't pay for anything.
1: <laughs> well, that's the thing. I was going to say, I was like, for all these evil bands that they have concert clips music video clips interview clips behind the scenes clips and using the songs were they paying these evil bands to use them like you're funneling satan if you are
2: yeah you, but i that that kind of baffles me I, I figured that at the time it was made it was probably there was like a, a fair use shield that they were hiding behind for like education purposes or whatnot that hmm those Tax rules
1: exempt bullshit yeah
2: those those rules have changed a lot um but if you look at the youtube video in the Seymour mm-hmm. section they have the bmi listings and everything for all those artists and i think oh. it's to avoid music strikes to keep it from getting taken down
1: <laughs> okay
2: <laughs> but I, gotcha. I, I don't for a minute believe that you know king diamond cleared <laughs> using right anything yeah merciful fate or...
1: there's a lot you and um it's also serves as an inadvertent advertisement for some bands I'd never heard of. I was like, "Oh, oh well, hmm. They look interesting. Cool album cover."
2: That's one of my big takeaways from it was, you know, it's 1989. You're a kid in Iowa. You you've heard of Guns N' Roses, but have you heard of Susie and the Banshees? Have you? Heard, yes. You've heard, you heard of Bauhaus and what? Yeah.
1: And the funny thing is is like watching this like look at this awful stuff. I'm like, this, this is kind of cool. Look at like, who would be like,
2: <gasps> they, they mispronounce like, a lot of bands and musicians names to mm-hmm. the hilarious effect. And, Oh uh, yeah. You know, which I think is pretty great, which is, you know, like there was a research room that was writing the script and handing it to it. It's like, how do you say this? Oh, don't worry about it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and the slander is off the charts oh, in this. It's- Holy shit. They referred to Madonna as an ex porn star, yeah,
2: that really struck me. And I was know, like, "What?" If, if you don't, th- that, that goes to the exaggeration of terms. Like it's it's kind of a rhetorical, you know, device. Um, I I'm saying this like to potential audience members, not to you, Greg, Brandon, because you know. <laughs> mm, yeah, but when when you're studying things in in rhetorical strategy and you're trying to provoke a response to the other one, you'll exaggerate the terms. of Madonna, it is well known. That when she was starting out, there are two things that were known about Madonna. One is that she was the first drummer for the band, The Breakfast Club. And second is that she posed for nude photographs that ended up being published in both Playboy and Penthouse later on after she got famous. Mm -hmm. They appear to be alluding to those nude photographs, but there is a really big marathon of distance between they took pictures of me naked and porn star. (laughs) <laughs> they right, just do not yeah. care about establishing that boundary. They just drive right through it. They say whatever they want to say about every single act that they cover,
1: and just just cut through it. No, there's even I mean, there's wild accusations of murder on here, and yeah. all sorts of shit. Well, I mean, we'll we'll hit on them, but yeah, it you I, my eyes were like, wh- holy shit! Like I cannot believe, like. And you mentioned this perfectly when we were, because we were messaging each other back and forth during this. But, like, every time you think you have a handle, okay, I get this, they turn the corner on fucking crazy. Like, they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to 11. (laughs) Oh, oh, no, 12. Guess what? We skipped 13 and 14. We're at 15 here. And it is bonkers. And it ends perfect. like, in terms of, like, crazy ass ideology and just stuff that you can't believe someone is spewing at you and people will buy into, man, this thing is just an epic climb with a epic finish and just, yeah, I mean, to you and I, three hours of our time, probably well spent to some others. I don't, I don't know, but, um, we do. So with this, we do open with this big ass disclaimer. Before Eric Holberger, whatever, if he's not going to pronounce people's names right, whatever, um, where he's like, I uh, uh, hope and pray you'll get something good, even life changing. Nothing personal is intended. I'm not, oh, this is uh, I'm not going to bother to take time to cite my sources. Right. <laughs> That's <laughs> and, beautiful. Uh, I'm not trying to control what people listen to, and the bedrock of truth that lies beneath armed with truth and understanding. Like, okay. Like, I'm not going to cite sources.
2: Well, you know what that reminded me of? But he does
1: cite Bible passages. Yeah. He won't cite where other things come from, but he'll cite Bible passages.
2: You know, the comic fans among you will be familiar with Dr. Frederick Wortham's Seduction of the Innocent. Um, which he published in installments and like good housekeeping and whatnot. And then made to a book that tried to take down comics and really did screw EC comics in the Mm fifties. That book is completely unsourced. Every single interview he says where he's like, I interviewed a kid that said, I want to grow up to be a sex maniac or every, every kid there is no sourcing any kind of that. I've Mm -hmm. actually read the original book. I got it on loan from the university of Iowa. When I was working on a paper in grad school, there's no sourcing. There's no end notes. There's no footnotes. It's just assertion. (laughs) And right that's, you know that's what this is in video form
1: it's right it's the old and I, I I don't want to pull the, this is in my experience in life what I've noticed with things on one side of a political equation is when things are coming out like truthful but they're not what that somebody wants to hear they go off on the side and do their own thing that says what they want to hear even if it's not backed yeah they create their own news stations they create their own like their own books their own things even if there's nothing factual behind it it's saying what they would want to hear rather than what's actually happening and that's yeah a gigantic problem
2: I, I think that's the cousin of uh, something that you mentioned that i know we'll get into more is the idea of um taking a quote out of context and in particular taking mm-hmm. a lyric out of context that you know no matter how good or bad lyrics are um you know writers put together a song structure where one lyric follows another and if you take it out, absent of the things that hang around it,
1: <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. For what
2: you meant, um, then. And can,
1: same with the Bible quotes yeah, he's using. You can make same with that
2: sound like anything,
1: really. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It goes both. So I'm not, you know, just not just his his, you know, his ooh bad music, evil Satan, awful music. Look at this one line. Yeah, your one line of Bible might not around it mean. Oh, awesome, good, wholesome. Yeah. Damn, you know, these damning things. Um, we do get right up the top. It's a teaser for later, but he does the record playing backwards. So, like, you know, people recording. And if you play it back, it'll say, like, eat your mom, kill your father, drink blood, cheers. And he does one on this on an album, but it is absolute bullshit and totally fabricated. Yeah. Totally. Like... It does not sound like you're playing. It's so clear as day. When you play stuff backwards, it doesn't play like, it's not like, hi, Troy, my name's Brandon. It'll be like, hi, Troy, my name is Brandon. This one, she, he plays the yip, 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 and he goes, let's let's play it backwards now. And he goes, the brainwashed do not know they are brainwashed. <laughs> it's not that clear. Like, you are full of shit, Eric herberg Like, Yeah.
2: So- wow. Wow right off the bat i think i think it was i don't remember which member of led zeppelin it was i want to say it was robert plant but in the book uh hammer of the gods by Stephen davis one of the kind of you know really good bios of the band plant makes a comment to the backmasking controversy by saying if we knew how to do that what we would have put on the music was by our record right you know (laughs) like." Like, buy our record buy posters buy tickets you know and he, he kind of gives it a laugh because you know yeah it, it's nuts it's it's yeah. hard enough to make an album can you imagine five guys agreeing in a band like what subliminal message to put in recording backwards if you've been in the studio for 15 weeks
1: yeah <laughs> yeah um uh, months uh yeah and giggles i know we fought about things this morning but you know let's Add some more in there for, you know, <laughs> production guys want to do it. Yeah, no. Um, I didn't expect, to, so they, they they shelved that conversation for, I'm like, oh, they're getting to interesting stuff right away. They shelved that. Um, so I never imagined I'd see a clip from Back to the Future in this. Yeah. But we do. Uh, it's Marty at the beginning where he's, uh plugs in the amp and blows up, and, uh, like, he's talking something about, uh, well, it was where Fox, Jay Fox goes, rock and roll. And he goes, that's right, Muck, Rock and roll. And it <laughs> freeze frames and fades like, okay. The destructive um, power of rock. Yeah. First focus, he talks about this hurried child book, which has this quote like, unless you are deaf, it is guaranteed that rock music has shaped your world. And it points out that teens spend more time listening to rock and roll in their lifetime than they will in the classroom
2: whatever yeah, the, Satan. the hour breakdown that they give of that is kind of hilarious because it's you know okay late like the average kid spends seven hours of instructional time yeah so you're saying that they go home and spend another seven hours <laughs> you know right specifically to, to merciful fate and then <laughs> dinner <laughs> I
1: mean, yeah like yeah, of course they will. Like, yeah, I mean, what? uh oh, yeah, so, so was, stupid. Like, stupid facts that don't matter. Yeah, like they'll. I mean,
2: that's uh, they'll,
1: they'll spend more time putting on clothes in their lifetime, probably. Like,
2: yeah, it's it's two parts. It's like the, you know, uh, more rhetorical strategies, like the unprovable, you know, like the rhetorical fallacy, and then the gish gallop, which is like they throw so many things at you that you, while you're trying to refute the first one they've hit you with four or more false assertions and you don't have time to debunk everything.
1: Right, no. Which, which There's is... so much shit going on that I'm for, I forget about the shit that was pissing me off before cuz I'm onto this like it's
2: yeah. It's insane.
1: And it, for it, a person who's gullible to it, it's more belief, more belief, more belief, more belief, more belief. Like yeah. someone's susceptible to this bullshit. Um there was a rad picture of a kid with, like, a headphones on and a guillotine looking up. And the bl- the guillotine was this disc, like a compact disc yeah. getting ready to chop. I was like, it's kind of a cool image. Yeah. God, I, was, I was like, oh, I'll buy that. Um, we do get to open the Satanic Bible in this, which they must. Did they buy a copy of it?
2: Alexander's Endor they- Yeah, you didn't have. This is before clip services and stuff. This wasn't clip art. Mm-hmm. Somebody had to take Did they
1: make pictures. an under-the-table trade?
2: Maybe there's a guy in Walden's books in between stuffing uh, you know, chick tracks and the Dungeons & Dragons yes. guys taking pictures. We've got to go get oh, this gosh. film developed so that we can put it in there.
1: <laughs> oh, we have our first big celebrity as a Satanist accusation on the John Lennon. Oh, That's course. the first one. They, they, they tell a story about him throwing condom water balloons at people from a balcony and pissing on them and yelling some satan stuff
2: yeah i i am 100 certain that the uh uh peeing on fans from the hotel balcony in new york city is made up because the fbi was so hot to arrest lennon for anything yeah <laughs> it's like if you, if you can arrest morrison in florida for allegedly showing his penis during a concert then they would have had you know they, they would have had lennon right. Rikers. Uh,
1: or or the, the addition that he was saying Satan stuff to them while he was doing it. Yeah, that's probably. If it's if this story has any fabri- uh, semblance of truth, that Satan, like, oh, Satan will blah, blah, blah. That added. Yeah. Added for, for a fact. Can't check it. And I'm <laughs> not going to stop my sources, okay? We don't have time. We have a three-hour music rock and roll, you know. <laughs> Thing to go
2: on. <laughs> I love the vaguely Hank Hill accent that you've given. Yes, yeah, it's
1: it's, it's kind of where he's at. Um, and I, they, they also go into this thing where not only are they damning rock and roll, but if you are not their religion, fuck you, because oh. there's a thing where it's like not all religions uh lead to God. Uh, Jesus said no. Yeah, <laughs> about but, that. Like, wow.
2: Yeah, there, right. there is some. You know, if you just kind of stop and look, there's some insanely racist stuff, and some, you know, there's little notes of anti-semitism and because <laughs> they're talking of- about
1: like, well, all re- there's like all religions lead to the same path, and they're like, no, no, they don't. Our fantasy is better than those because we got Jesus, a white American Jesus, and that's who's going like insanity like i can't believe they took this opportunity to say fuck all those religions like wow
2: yeah jews you're going down that's right and uh you know there there's they don't really hit islam directly but when they talk about the moroccans and the right mm-hmm. band and so forth um that's they they come out as out right there as well
1: <laughs> yeah and and then they talk about the stuff with uh. This is my, f- <laughs> my favorite quote. Where he's like, "Oh yeah, well if Jesus was wrong, he was the stupidest man alive." <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know.
1: I hate to tell you, but yeah, no, I'll let him figure it out. But yeah. No, I I was like, wow, they're like go so drastic as to like you better believe this shit. Yeah. This this is like this almost a lot of this comes across as like he went to like his classroom of all male like late teens early twenties buddies and like they're like hardcore religion and be like write the like harshest lines you could to make someone feel guilty about not liking my religion like and yeah. we'll use them all in this because he'll be like blah, blah 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 and you're like yeah boring facts she's like stinger and you're like oh shit whoa <laughs> Eric you are on fire. <laughs> chill satan isn't even this hot
2: <laughs> yeah well okay so you you had mentioned the uh invocation of the satanic bible and mm-hmm. you know um anton zandor Levey, um popular talk show guest in the mm-hmm. 70s and 80s um for those of you that don't know uh founded one branch of the uh his version of the church of satan wrote the Satanic bible um this gets to another bad fact he does not play the devil in rosemary's baby as no. this guy asserts i mean that's that like kind of an urban legend the guy kind of vaguely looks like him but it is an identifiable actor who is in other shit <laughs> <laughs> this
1: is pre-internet for people so you yeah. could say that shit and people are like oh okay just like marilyn manson was one of the sons on mr belvedere yeah not
2: true uh, also Paul on the wonder years that was another one but and Paul on not, the wonder yeah also not true but yeah the, so it's,
1: Billy Corgan wasn't the kid in small wonder so
2: yeah you have these kind of groundless assertions that you know that keep cropping up but, but LeVay is one of the easiest targets because he went out to be a target he mm-hmm. did that stuff because it made him money <laughs> right going to the talk shows and being a lightning rod and peanut films. Like, here's what our rituals look like. Oh my God, look at what the rituals look like. And he's like money, bring me money. You know, because one of the best uh, things you could ever read was a late eighties article, probably around the same time in a Rolling Stone issue that was an interview with LeVay and it was called it's hard being the devil in a world that's gone to hell. And it is a kind of hilarious interview that's all about his thought process. His entire thought process was, I did this to make money and get chicks. I mean, he, mm. <laughs> you know, it's so like, did Jesus. Yeah, you know, but anyway. like,
1: yeah. Uh, they, they go here. So there's some other good zips here. Um, Satan try, sorry, tries so hard to convince man that Jesus is not Lord and then my here's one of the I mean I'm probably gonna say this is one of the best ones from this thing but I'm gonna say this many a times uh apart from the crucifixion and resurrection of Christ which, <coughs> by the way but which by the way is one of the most logically proven events in our history.
2: <laughs> wow yeah
1: logically proven events.
2: And see, I think it's I think it's uh, essential for us to point out that um, you know it's it's one thing to be a person of faith. Yeah, it's another thing to believe that nobody else has another take on it.
1: (laughs) Yeah,
2: I think that that's what always hamstrings any effort, like this because every aspect of the panic comes from a very kind of southern baptist interpretation of everything
1: yeah yeah and- it's the harshest of like the almost the uh oh what's the catholicism where the dude whips himself from the da vinci code
2: oh yeah Opus uh, opus that Dei. type
1: the opus day shit yeah it's kind of yeah southern baptist opus day don't question a thing yeah so Ooh. yeah and then we learned about uh, Princess Je- Princes Jesus Prince the musician his Jesus is not the historical and factual Jesus it's in fact a demonic fabrication in case you were wondering in case you were like what about Princes Jesus well let me tell you about Princes Jesus
2: So for those of you at home who are keeping the bingo score of which religion did they insult this time that would be Jehovah's <laughs> witnesses right. Who's also Michael go. Jackson which they didn't mention when they, they talked get... about Michael Jackson.
1: <laughs> no. They they wait to they, they hold the King of Pop till the end. They yeah. they're like, "Oh, they ain't going to tackle Michael. Just you wait, folks. We'll get to Michael." we um, yeah, we talk about deaths at concerts for a bit. There's a uh, three dead people at a Rolling Stones concert and then there was the 11 people trampled to death at a Who concert um, which were based upon satanic ritual events, according to this thing, caused yeah. these. And I I was like, I wonder if there was even some bullshit story about tying this stuff to Satanism and all this stuff. I Googled. Not a one. No. And I'm not going 80 pages deep on Google. But there was nothing ever written that suspected it even.
2: Yeah, the the Who concert was festival seating gone wrong. Mm -hmm. and the the stones i mean specifically altamont which you know long story short meredith hunter pulled a gun pointed at mick jagger and the hell's angels biker gang that were working security stabbed him
1: Mm
2: -hmm. and and then like two other people in in, you know related violence but you know these are things that were very cause and effect they were they were earthly explanations (laughs) right yeah, yeah, which and the the Who incident killed festival seating in a lot of mm-hmm. venues for a long time because you know they didn't want that to happen again.
1: And right. Yeah. Yeah, just all that shit. Um we, we get into piercings and self mutilations. Um is what um and we as we we segue into the punk rock portion yeah. of this, uh which um did you know Troy that Punkers are kind of innocent um, in, in this whole thing. Uh, sadly, sadly innocent. Uh, they have no idea they are contributing in ancient satanic rituals. Yeah. They do it, but they don't. They have no idea they're doing it. Just not a bit. Not the <laughs> yeah, like, like it. Just to me in this video, like it's like, um, like just concert going is raising Satan. Like you are like that's yeah. I bought a ticket to go see Enya. All right, guess I am raising Satan. Like, yeah. What like Kenny G's coming to town? Let's go raise hell! Like it, no, like what?
2: It, it is the everything of any type is bad.
1: <laughs> anything, anything new that has evolved in humanity is awful. And if it's not happening at our church, then it's bad. Yeah. Like we need the money for collections. We don't need it going to those concerts. Yeah.
2: And I do find it funny that um, they, you know, there, there's pop, there's, um, you know, arguably r and stars discussed, there are um, metal bands, there's goth stuff, which they don't call it goth, even though they're, right, to to right. they're, they're they, confused they, on that. They strongly <laughs> avoid country. Um, uh-huh, they they mentioned yeah. the blues, they mentioned Robert Johnson, but, you know, you would think that in the 80s that there would have been some reference to the devil went down to Georgia. Um, right. But
1: Or like the renegade guy, like Mel, Willie Nelson, William yeah. Jennings, like David
2: Allen Coe, so, completely yeah. absent. And again, for reasons <laughs> that are probably tied to Southern Baptist. At that point, they're
1: not well. young anymore. Yeah. Those guys aren't young anymore. They, they were there before the panic and they didn't change much. You know, I guess, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That's your dad's. Your dad liked them, so it's all (laughs) gay. They're fine, you know. Yeah, they uh, they they go into Richard Ramirez, a serial killer who um, it's ACDC's fault for him. Well, he's the reason he killed
2: Ramirez. Is yeah, I I recently watched the Night Stalker miniseries that they did on Netflix, the documentary miniseries, which is four parts, very well done. Um, with the talks to the two detectives that were on the case, and you know how that kind of spiraled. Um, Ramirez, it should be noted, is batshit crazy. (laughs) And if there, of all of the serial killers, et cetera, and everything, if there was an actual Satanist guy, it was Richard Ramirez. But Mm. that had way more to do with Richard Ramirez than it did other stuff. You know, he happened to like metal. (laughs) But yeah, he had an ACDC ball cap and stuff. But he was batshit major league crazy. Right. He grew up in in really horrible conditions of abuse and trauma and violence, and became a monster as an adult. I mean, this guy wasn't just a serial killer; he was a, a serial rapist, child molester. He terrorized California. They were finding cases that he was involved in years after they caught him that they were figuring out that mm. this was Ramirez and it's like he, he was a he had a veritable reign of terror you know and the guy could have been into any kind of music he just happened to be in the in the metal you know right and but you know he had a pentagram on his palm and all that stuff all that stuff was true but he was you know evil on a Hitler scale <laughs> I mean, this guy, you know, if he'd had more charisma, but like as a personality, he was like dirty and unkempt and, you know, Mm. all this, but if he had like Ted Bundy's charisma, he, he could have had an army.
1: Yeah. Okay.
2: You know, I mean that this guy was the the fact that Ramirez is like the worst possible example of the worst of the worst, (laughs) you know? And and when you're invoking him, it's like trying to hang things off of him. Like, well, ACDC made him do it. You know, I guess Malcolm were like, what? <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, they, they probably couldn't fathom the idea that they would do anything that would motivate
1: this. Right. Shits and giggles. Shits and giggles. Uh, there's also a, a New Jersey murder-suicide that they blame on heavy metal. Yeah. Yeah. There- uh and that one man they really like it's some kid yeah who does it like a young young and not like some teen like maybe a little younger and they like have a stretch to tell like he had posters in his room and he listed like and then they they even come back later in this and be like hold on hold on this fits our fucking one from earlier i think it's like yeah. Wow.
2: yeah, yeah. That I think the kid was maybe eleven. I'd, I to be honest, I don't ever remember hearing of that case before. Yeah, and you know it's. Uh,
1: <laughs> and the kid looks like that um, bad luck, whatever guy meme.
2: Yes, he does. The, oh, bad, bad luck, luck Brian. He Correct. looks Brian,
1: bad, look. bad luck, Brian. He looks like bad luck, Brian. He I does. take the, speak of the dead that way, but paint a picture for the listeners yeah that's what he looked like
2: it, uh yeah. it, it's it's you know it's a horrible story but you know part of part of this part of any panic is to look for a reason to ascribe behavior and mm-hmm. um you know that's why they, they they frequently mention teenage rebellion and so forth it's like my kids won't listen to me they want to stay out late they want to Listen to music. I don't listen to. Why is that? Oh, Satan. <laughs> you know.
1: Yeah. Oh, Satan is trying to take you to hell with him. Um, there's a. We then go into a suicide, the ultimate satanic deception, uh, and they open. They show a fucking crime scene photo of a kid who shot himself in the head. Yeah. Like. What? Again,
2: no, no regard for legal filter no
1: yeah like (laughs) what in the oh my gosh like i was like what am i like at first you're like okay that's a that is like i I took it like okay you know i see horror movie but then when i realized like that's an actual fucking photo like oh my gosh, it's black and white but still
2: right and not not this is not a defense of that or anything but you know back in the day um, the New York Post and, and papers were famous for doing stuff like that, like showing actual crime scene photos until, mm-hmm. you know, it got on toward the 80s that they made them stop doing that. You yeah. know,
1: they probably felt OK with all the photos being published from like Vietnam and stuff like that. Yeah. So it probably was like, a, oh, well, we can show police crime.
2: There, there was an escalation of that. There's a lot of people that talk about, you know, the anti-war movement was hastened by the actual footage of combat they were showing on TV. Yeah. And you saw, like, really how awful it looked versus the very, like, sanitized pictures we got later. The
1: World War II, where it was like, hey. Yeah. yeah. But um, everybody.
2: Yeah, man, this, uh, no regard. And the the suicide thing, um, for for historical context, this becomes very integral to the satanic panic, um, Mm -hmm. particularly with two um, lawsuits. Um, One, set of parents sued ozzy for the song suicide solution which was about actually about drinking uh solution being liquid and it was about bon scott of acdc drinking himself to death because he and ozzy mm. were friends mm-hmm. and then um i think i can't remember which uh jewish priest album it was maybe british steel where they uh Two kids killed themselves. The parents said it was because of the Judas Priest record. Both of these were trials that lasted throughout the end of the eighties. Both of them wrapped up around nineteen ninety. Both of them resulted in acquittals for the musicians, but it did cast a pall over the late half of the eighties with the does metal cause suicide? <laughs> it being right. wrapped into the satanic panic uh, package, if you will. Um, yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, in in addition to to suicide, uh, God also hates the misuse of drugs. Um, their use is a form of sorcery, and it opens the user up to the spiritual world, or that, the spirit world. That, Why is that a bad thing?
2: That particular passage of dialogue is paired with the cover with the logo cut off of a and d manual.
1: Yeah, uh, yes like it the, is, Yeah. yes. The
2: 1986 or so orange spine of the Enchanter doing that it's like one of the magician's books like the grimoire or whatever <laughs> it's, it's an actual d d cover yeah but they they cut off the logo because they know they'll get sued if they show that
1: <laughs> right right yeah like I just it's insane like why wouldn't you want? like can I check out the spirit world no like I love God though doesn't he want to see me like don't we want to go like
2: we're in hang? the spirit world
1: the spirit world. I go to man. Spirit Halloween, I can go to the spirit world, right? Like this God, like man, does he sound like a bastard? Like Satan kinda sounds like your buddy. Like God sounds like he just wants to fucking punish you and be strict. Like Satan's like you wanna smoke some pot? You <laughs> rock out, dude. Just we can just chill. Like
2: Misty Mountain Hop, man. Misty Mountain Hop.
1: Do you know the clubs I have down in hell? Like, dude, I, I know Ozzy. Like, just, you know.
2: Yeah, one I, club is entirely accordion music. Yes.
1: Wait, do you see the music they're going to play at the end of this, motherfucker? You want to come to my shows. Like, come on. Uh, then there's a section where they really want to paint George Harrison as a big Satanist. So they're like, we're getting the dead, or, well, he wasn't dead at the time of this, but... Right. Um, we're gonna get half the Beatles here. We're still digging up on McCartney and Starr, okay? We haven't found anything about them yet. We'll show them in this video a bunch. But it's all let in all yeah. Harrison.
2: Yeah, it's it's worth noting that this is where um the slander of the Hindus <laughs> mm-hmm. and a lot of other Eastern religions happens. Uh you know. Yep. That's wow. I mean it,
1: paint it all on George.
2: Yeah, and and they talk about, you know, George Harrison was a a spiritual cat, you know, from My Sweet Lord to a lot of other songs, this song in particular, where he talks about Vishnu and so forth and all these others being manifestations of one God, which you think would be a gentle, loving, you know, kind of thing of, like, acceptance and so forth. They're like, see this, how he tries to make them all equal? Satan.
1: (laughs) Yep. If if you're not at the uh, cult cold water faith church of christ then you are not with god he only he only comes to uh jonestown missouri that's that's the one that's where we got it right our little that's it so we got it right down the street that the methodist one they'll say that but they are full of shit
2: yeah full of shit. I find that uh, as a general principle that you shouldn't go to a church as Jonestown in the name. Um.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, there we go into rad rock against drugs. Rock and rolls are high. And uh, Bon Jovi enters the fold because um, they were at an apex at this point. yeah. and uh, they did uh, Bon Jovi has done an ad for Rad while maintaining their hedonistic message.
2: Yeah, uh, John Bon Jovi did get busted for something at that point. It might have been weed and uh, mm-hmm. to get out of jail, he agreed to do the PSA as part of his community service. Uh, which, if you've ever seen that PSA, is hilarious, where he mm-hmm. he basically describes that he's giving a PSA. He's like, I've been given a script to talk to you about drinking and drugs and all that. And gets- <laughs> 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 and, um, but, yeah, um, I, I think that, well, I'll go ahead and note this here. Like, when they take the lyrics out of context, they mention particularly one Dead or Alive, in which mm-hmm. um, he's the song is about being on the road. And he says, sometimes you tell the day by the bottle that you drink. You know, mm-hmm. which is about it's rough on the road and you pass time and ways and it's, you know, this shit's hard, man. And yeah. they, they try to make that line satanic. <laughs> it's like, well,
1: no. <laughs> like just living life is fucking satanic to these people. Like, yeah. and it, like, like if you wake up and put on your slippers and brush your teeth. Before you eat breakfast, you might be a Satanist. Like,
2: <laughs> yeah, Foxworthy's new special.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah. And this guy looks like he looks like a, a Foxworthy mm-hmm. really relative a mm-hmm. little bit. Little
2: definitely, bit. definitely aspirations of mullet. Oh.
1: Mm-hmm. Speaking of co- comedians, they attack Sam Kennison, which I was like, yeah, it makes sense he'd be in here.
2: Yeah. yeah. On this thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ex-preacher uh, and all th- that. Right. Now we go to the obsession. Uh, Satan, Satanic, uh, has an obsession with, uh, rock and roll has an obsession with sex and, uh, talking about the blatant perversity of the eighties. And, uh, they'll remind us that rock and roll is slang for teens having sex in a car.
2: All true. Um, <laughs> they're, they're right about this part. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, purity and loyalty are the bottom line.
2: Anything else leads to death. But, you know, this is a funny thing too, because it, it, it also is a complete chance to overlook, um, like you said, they they leave out the early generations of music. They specifically mm-hmm. want to tie it to that one of my favorite. You know, the, the idea that that rock or the use of the word rock as a euphemism for sex has always been present. But my favorite one is Eddie Cochran's 20 Flight Rock" from the fifties, where the whole mm-hmm. implication of the song is the girl lives on the twentieth floor, and when the guy goes to visit her, the elevator's broken. So he has to go 20 flights of stairs and he gets to the top. He's too tired to rock. Mm-hmm. And I always thought that was hilarious because it's <laughs> totally obvious what's going on there. It's like, right. but, but if you're going to go after the sex stuff and mention Elvis the Pelvis, there's tons of songs from the past, you know, 50, 60, 70s leading up to the decade we're talking about. They could have lumped any of that. They just leave all of that out. <laughs>
1: They don't even talk about Baby It's Cold Outside, and I still have to hear about that thing every fucking winter.
2: Yes, that, that song written <laughs> by a married couple to perform at parties.
1: <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> Danger.
1: Yeah. Um, we. This is where they also touch on the braze, brazingly pornographic style of Madonna. They don't like her. No. She is a... She is a hussy in their eyes. Don't they
2: just outright call her a whore at one point? I mean, they...
1: I think they do, but they call rock stars modern prostitutes.
2: Yeah, they definitely did that.
1: Like, okay. Um, And I also never would have thought of the Bengals as satanic, but they're pinned down here. Um, And you know what, though? That Susanna Hoffs is, I've I've assumed, is a vampire for years, because she has not... She's aged... She looks better. Like she's aged very well. Yeah. Um, but she is in the Julia Louise Dreyfus class of vampire, potential vampires yeah. for me.
2: Well, first of all, the, I like the Bengals. I think they're an underrated band. And they, they, oh, use, very. Yeah. they use a clip from In Your Room, which I think is a great song. 1989. Mm-hmm. It would have been brand new at the point yeah. that this video was made. But, um, you know, In Your Room is an actual sexy song that's Mm -hmm. you know if you lyrically it's a flirty song like written from the point of view of a girl to her boyfriend that is it's a cute flirtatious song that also rocks and has some 60s influence with the sitar and everything it's a fun tune really a a good underrated song of theirs and i'm like man you're gonna hit that (laughs) you're gonna yeah like I guess I guess people in a committed relationship can't be flirtatious with one another because that's
1: <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> also uh, they also they also touch on Banana Rama here, um, Venus, which we'll be talking about later in this week. Um, yeah, which that song isn't even theirs.
2: No, it's Shocking Blue, <laughs> which uh, they were <laughs> Swedish, right? They it's something like, like yeah, nineteen seventy-two-ish song Um, kind of rockabilly ish yeah kind of it's a very early 70s Mm -hmm. rock tune but you know straight up the 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 ladies of banana rama never looked better than in that venus video when they're vampires and devils and everything it's a great video and great remake Mm -hmm. it's it's,
1: yeah it's yeah more people know that than the original so that's your sign of
2: yeah but that. but it, it's it's one of those things when it shows up it kind of makes me sad it's just like oh they're doing that too they're doing that you know and it's like and they know that i, I think there's an element of, of salesmanship to this like, at the yeah. end of the day like these guys are trying to move videotapes right and if yeah everything is you know king diamond and merciful fate like they don't know who they are <laughs> but right if, right like the adults to buy the tapes if they see like prince and mm-hmm. <laughs> banana rainbow um, and stuff.
1: I, I you know, that this is a point in the the, the thing where I, I stopped and I wrote a note to myself. I was like, there's a lot of cool artwork on display in this, which I'm sure wasn't the intent <laughs> yeah. of this documentary because I'm just like, oh, that's cool. That's awesome.
2: Yeah. That's I go, good. I go back to a mythical teenager in Iowa. You know, they got exposed to so many cool bands with this, right?
1: You know, oh, and And now they they move from uh, the women. They move to uh, George Michael. And at this point, this is nineteen eighty nine. And I'm like, "Ooh, if they only knew more about Mr. George Michael at this point."
2: Yeah, and you know they kind of highlight the uh, the the spoken word intro to the uh, "I Want Your Sex" video. Where yeah,
1: and they're really obsessed with father figure. They come back to it later. They like hit it here, and then they go back later. They're like, they're all about taking down George Michael. Um.
2: And, and I think, you know, it's funny, too, because in, in the in the context of today, a lot of people, I don't think, realize how huge George Michael was at this. He's a
1: phenomenon. Time. Like, yeah. yeah,
2: is, you know, a he transitioned fairly seamlessly from wham to solo think, artist to massive solo artist.
1: And I think at this point they were basically considering, like, I think he was wham like that was yeah. like at, at the towards the end. Well, towards the end, it was a lot of him, too. But like. He was able to just like, yeah, it was like went from wham to George Michael like, well, yeah, rather than just a big step, but yeah. Yeah. Hey, folks, that is the end of part one of this products of the Panic Inaugural episode with Hell's Bells. This conversation is two hours long, so I'm splitting it into two episodes, and you'll find the second part next Monday right here on the Brandon Peters Show. Um, Troy will be back on Friday with a discussion of Venus by Bananarama, which we recently just went over here. But I'm going to send it over to our outro that you'll hear again next week so Troy can play his stuff. And I hope you're enjoying this. Give me feedback. Is there something you know about the panic that you would like us to share or you know, go over a video, something like that? But I hope you enjoyed this. We're having a lot of fun with it. The rest of it will be next week. So this is To Be Continued. And I'm going to take it out to myself and Troy to lead us out for the week troy thanks for coming on as always i love getting your mug out cleaning it and <laughs> filling it up for you to come on the show let uh people know what you got going on recently and where they can keep up with you
2: um well let's see the main thing that people might find is my work for the saturday evening post which uh, you can find me uh, tweeting about on twitter at troy brownfield i write a uh Collecting column for graphicpolicy.com. And I still have uh, my various comic book work. I have a new thing coming out that I don't think I can talk about yet because it hasn't been solicited. But um, right. I wrote a crossover comic that is being done by my Brazilian friends, House 137, and an American company. And oh. as soon as I can talk about that, I will. But so watch that um, at Troy Brownfield Space or on, on Instagram or Facebook. And I will be talking about those kinds of projects.
1: So, Awesome. Excellent. Uh, and I'm on Twitter and Instagram at brand 4 UHD, Written work at ysoblue.com, where I have lots coming because I'm behind on things and, um, and getting into it with Sex and the City fans on YouTube. My YouTube channel. Check that out. Um, there's more from the Brandon Peters show this week. But until then, Hail Satan.
0: Thank you for listening. All music and clips featured in the episode are property of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Additional information on this and other episodes at brandonpetersshow.com. For any inquiries, press opportunities, or sponsorship, contact mail at brandonpetersshow.com. The show is available on Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are found.